Welcome to Cinebabble, episode 58. I am your host, Ken, and as always, I am joined by surgeon extraordinaire, Clint Jones. Clint Jones, thank you for your medical attention. How are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. I haven't lost any lives this week. Good, uh, it's good. a good record so far. Good. I I wish that everybody at home could see our podcast recording <laughs> studio because normally we have two desks. We're facing each other. We're in chairs. Uh, we're in chairs. We're surrounded by acoustic paneling. It's a it's a really nice little space. Uh, but I just had a back procedure and it went. Not so great. And so currently, let me paint you a picture here. I am laying on the floor uh, facing a microphone. And if I glance upwards, Mm -hmm. Clint is sitting back against a wall. My legs are going out beneath the (laughs) acoustic curtain we have. And I am using acoustic paneling as a pillow. It looks like I'm going to remove your lower half in some kind of Frankenstein-style surgery where I want you to keep your modesty. So that's kind of me, at least. But, Clint, I appreciate your adaptability because you just came in here and handled this like a pro. You're like, oh, we're on the floor this week? All right. Uh, let's do this. And, so, and in solidarity, I'm on the floor, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and I even told you you could sit up on the desk. But no, no. Clint is not just a professional. He's a friend. And he did not want me to be on the floor alone. So, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you're not driving in your car or riding in the subway, even if you are riding in the subway. Get on the floor. Get on the floor. Lay down. Yeah. Join us. Watch um, out for that mystery spill. Yeah. yeah this is a special yeah. on the floor episode of Cinebabble. Mm-hmm. So let's jump right into what you watch and Clint, what you've been watching about. Well, Ken, it's been a little bit of time between when we recorded last. So yes. I feel like there's a lot of things that okay. I could talk about. Um, I'm going to stick to my my uh, script that I made my, for myself so I don't get overwhelmed. Okay. Um, the first thing I'm going to talk about is this new series that just started on HBO Max, and it's called The Rehearsal with Nathan Fielder. I saw a trailer for this. Um, this, I, I'm going to just give you my opinion first, and then I'll try to give you an explanation of this okay. show. But this is one of the most ingenious, fun shows I've really? seen in a minute. Okay. Um, it's crazy, but my little one word that I like— the kind of summary of it is if you've seen Schenectady, New York by yes. um, Charlie Kaufman, yeah. it's like that, but coming to life. Huh. Like he, he is doing this premise where he is um, people who are have a big event coming up in their life or something that's stressing them out. He is giving them the opportunity to rehearse this event. So he will he has different people on each week and he will um help them through this thing by having them he'll like build okay let's I'm, I'll just start up with the first episode. The first okay. episode is and I won't spoil it but I'll just give you the premise. The first episode is this uh, man who he's part of this um uh like um a group that gets together and they do oh um Oh, why is the word my brain's fried from this week? Okay, <laughs> larping? No, not larping. He, they do. <laughs> I don't know why that's what came to mind. He's part anyway. He's part of this group. The word was trivia. Trivia. Okay, and I'm going to kick myself later for that's the okay. word that's escaping me. But um, and for years he's been doing this for like 20 years, and 
when they first started up, he kind of lied about his um, educational career and said that he had a master's and he doesn't have a master's and it's been weighing on him. So he wants to confess this to him. (laughs) So, and there's one person in the group that he's worried about the most that he thinks will react really badly. So Nathan, like he sets up that it's like, okay, you're going to do this at this bar. He's, he sets up, he's going to, I'm going to um, confess this at this bar that we always go to. So Nathan, to the 100th degree, every detail of this bar in a warehouse rebuilds this <laughs> bar. Just to role play with this guy about what he's going to do. He wants the man to be completely prepared for this. That's adorable. And then they hire an actor to play this person, and they go through every single scenario possible that could happen in this this um, scenario. Okay. And he has them walk through and like, okay, th- if she says this, then you have to say this, or because this could splinter off. And he, like they make spreadsheets and diagrams, and then they like they work it out and then they have this man go and do this thing. And it's like the most surreal, like amazing, um, scenario, like situation. I am so on board with the show. I'll have to check it out. He cracks me up. I saw a clip of him. I think he went on, um, Jimmy Fallon or one of those talk shows. And he was talking about how he feels like he's a terrible guest. And so he just (laughs) brought Susan Sarandon with him. Yeah. Uh, Um, that that was my introduction to him. I've seen him before, but oh, that was that was just kind of cute. And, I was a giant fan of his show, uh, Nathan oh, okay. um, Nathan for you. And uh, uh, I didn't see it. It oh, I highly recommend it. It's what's it on? It was on Comedy Central. It's probably okay. on like Hulu and everything yeah. now. Okay. Um, but it's fantastic. And okay. if you haven't seen it, like yeah, just jump on it. It's great. Okay. Um. Well, next, I watched. Are we are oh, we, we flipping back and forth? Oh yeah, I totally forgot we we did that that one time. It, you know, it doesn't matter. Go to me. for it. Well, I I've been itching for this one because I got an email from somebody that listens. Yeah. And uh, I swear this is I'm going to read this email word for word. <laughs> I I am not racist. Let me just clarify. <laughs> That's not a that. good way to start. No, I know, but when I read this, you're going to understand why. Please uh, don't do an accent. No, no, goodness, no. I don't. I don't think somebody named Nathan probably has an accent. I'm not going to uh, to mock you. I don't here. know what you're going to do after saying I am not. I've racist. introduced this too much. Yeah. I just so Nathan writes. Hi, your friendly neighborhood Asian. I'm confused as to why you never watch or talk about Asian action movies. I just watched Triple R on Netflix, and it's one of the best Bollywood actioners I've ever seen. Uh, and and here's where I swear this is what the email says. Uh, my my skin is dark enough that I'm itching for you guys to talk about this. I get the sense that you are pasty and white. Please tell me that you've watched Triple R and tell me what you think about this. So I got this email uh-huh. from our friendly neighborhood Asian Nathan. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I go and watch Triple R. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that this is really popping up on a lot of people's. This is one of the best movies of the year. Uh-huh. I've I've never I've never loved Bollywood movies. Yeah. I find them silly and not to an entertaining degree. They just don't click with me. Uh, but you know, if you love them and that's your thing, cool. Ken's but not racist. I, I'm not. So I decided to watch this for our friend Nathan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went into this, and the first thing I noticed is this is like three hours and seven minutes. Uh-huh. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I got some snacks, and I, I really, I'm like, I'm gonna watch this thing. 
I still don't understand Bollywood <laughs> at all. <laughs> I did not enjoy this movie. I'm so sorry. Uh, but I watched it, and it's it's two guys and these crazy action scenes that turn into musical numbers somehow. Mm-hmm. And at one point, one guy is on the other guy's shoulders, and he's running him through a crowd while he punches people mm-hmm. uh, on top of the shoulders. And then they're singing about all their super moves and their revenge and how they're saving India. I, it was very confusing to me. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it was something. It was spectacle. Yeah. Uh, did you happen to watch it? I had texted you about it. No I, no, I have not watched it. I highly recommend you watch this thing. Uh-huh. So I am not alone. And you can tell me. <laughs> I don't think you are alone. It seems like people love it. They they do. They yeah. love it. I don't. I thought it was, uh, it was awful. It was a slog. Uh, but again, <laughs> I, I I these are not my movies. Mm-hmm. I just, I've never clicked with them. Now, you put uh, something uh, with Jackie Chan or something more traditionally kung fu or something like that in front of me, I will gobble that right down. And those those are silly, too. I, I don't know what it is about Bollywood. Um, do you have any love-hate for Bollywood flicks? You, you never talk about them either. Uh, completely indifferent because I've never seen one. Oh, I, well, It's a big hole in my movie gotta watching. you got to start with Triple R then because oh. it's it's uh, it's crazy town. Yeah. It's, it's Looney Tunes. Um, and this is coming from somebody that loves Kung Fu Hustle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do too. And this kind of tries to do some of that, but it's not... Uh, it it really takes itself seriously, even when it's being absolutely ludicrous. I mean, yeah. Maybe something's just being lost in translation, and they know how silly it is. Mm-hmm. But I I just could not get into this thing. Huh. So I'm I'm sorry, Nathan. I really tried, and you're right. I am pasty white, and maybe <laughs> that's the problem. And uh, I I apologize for that. You should be. You should I should. Be sorry. I should see. I'm not racist. I'm apologizing for my skin color. There you go. Clint, what else have you been watching? Um, Actually, I watched another series that is new. It was on FX, which also through Hulu. Okay. um, Called The Bear. Oh, okay. Um, And it's about this um, small um, kitchen. It's a sandwich shop in Chicago. And the the owner of it um, passes away and the brother is left it in the will and he takes over the the um, sandwich shop and his and he is a kind of world like renowned chef he he trained with the best he was working in New York okay. and like he was very like high cuisine and then he comes back to save the family like okay. um, sandwich shop is this kind of a family drama a comedy is it it's a dramedy okay it's more drama but um there's definitely like kind of real life funny moments. Mm-hmm. It's it's not um, overly, I don't know, overly dramatic. It's more very real life drama, dramatic, and just like the real stakes of running this kitchen and trying to save the family business and dealing with all the personalities that are part of this kitchen and um, and his person because he has this. He's kind of. I don't know, I want to say egotistical, but he just has this very high standard for cuisine because okay. he's he's trained it as this is an art form. And everything that he's saying is correct as far as like what they should be doing, but it's they're just completely two different worlds mashing together and there's a lot of conflict. And um there it's really well like they're half-hour episodes, but they cram so much into those half hour hmm. half hour um episodes and 
never feel like you're being shortchanged. Like they really, um, really pack a lot in and it's extremely well done. Like the actors are really great. Um, the moments where it is funny is, are really funny. Like Hmm. they really, um, have great actors to fill those roles. And, uh, I, I really liked it. I by the end, I was I I was really itching for a season two, and I really hope they get a season two. Awesome. I'm, I'm sure they did because it's been it's been um, getting good reception. Cool. Um, but yeah, check it out, the bear. Yeah, a lot of itching on this episode. We should get that checked out. I know you said itching. I said itching. Nathan <laughs> said itching. We're it's, it's it's an itchy episode. It's rashy. Uh, yeah, it's the carpet. I think it must be. On. Yeah, cat dander. <laughs> Uh, the next thing I watched, I watched a trio of action movies. Uh, all well, two of them are very serious, and one was just kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I watched all the old knives with um, Chris Pine, the contractor with Chris Pine, uh-huh. and then the Gray Man, which just popped up on Netflix with Ryan Gosling and uh, Chris Evans. Yeah, uh, and I actually I I enjoy these kind of movies. I I enjoy the. Uh, talented sort of CIA or ex-CIA or ex-operative kind of action flicks. And this was a good spread. One was uh, sort of just a serious actioner. One was a really interesting, um, that's all the old knives. It was it was almost a cat and mouse spy thriller hmm. uh, in the vein of Three Days of the Condor and, and some of those old yeah. kind of Robert Redford flicks. It reminded me a lot at, at times of... Um, what was the one with Brad Pitt and and Robert? Oh, what was a spy game? Uh-huh. Um, but it, it was just it was really good, and it uh, it kept me guessing. And it's slow, but it was it was well done. And then the Gray Man was a blast. Uh, mm. A lot of people have been kind of dumping on this, but it's it's an old, almost '90s or early 2000s style actioner uh-huh. where it's just about the big action scenes. And Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans are just chewing scenery and having fun. <laughs> Ryan Gosling is totally doing the thing he does in Drive, where he's sort of the silent, stoic, yeah. uh, snarky at times, uh, you know, good guy. And Chris Evans is just in full, uh, you know, last 10 minutes of Knives Out mode, uh-huh. where he is just absolutely sinking his teeth into being a homicidal maniac. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how this movie is PG-13. Somehow it is. Uh, and it works. It was directed by the Russo brothers who did Infinity War and Endgame. And they've yeah. done a lot of other action flicks. That's kind of what turned me off from it because I've really? not enjoyed any other movies that they've done yeah. other than the um, Captain Americas. Yeah, yeah they so. did 21 Bridges with uh, Chadwick Boseman. The which cherry. It was all right. Cherry. You didn't like Cherry? I hated Cherry. Really? I thought with it was Tom awful. Holland. Yeah, I did not like Cherry We're talking all. about the same movie. Yeah, I did not like that movie. About drug addiction and crime and... I did not like it. How have we never talked about this? I really <laughs> I enjoyed Jerry. It was one of those in our downtime when we weren't recording, yeah. and I just quickly forgot about it. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't like Cherry. Okay. One day we're going to do a complete scientific analysis of our downtime <laughs> and how we reacted to all these different movies because there was so much going on in the world and our personal lives that I really yeah. think um, – I, I, I don't know if – if we watch those movies we've watched during that time, any other time in our lives, right. I'd be curious if their reactions were different or you know, it was just the mode we were in. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. When I watched Cherry, I wanted to watch the world burn. And that's essentially, it's a very kind of dark and cynical movie. And so it, it worked for me. But hmm. I guess you were looking for something else. 
I, I don't know. I completely erased that movie from my memory. I can't even remember, tell you what it was about. Yeah. I just I, drug addiction. I think you would find the gray man pretty forgettable just yeah. because it's it's kind of generic action. Mm-hmm. But it's just generic action done well. Uh-huh. It's it's fun. Um, and it's completely over the top. But again, uh, the real draw there is Ryan Gosling and, and Chris Evans mm-hmm. who are having a blast and had to really crack each other up on set. Uh, just going to some of those old cliche mm-hmm. 90s action movie character beats. So what else have you been watching? Um, the next thing I watched was, oh man, this is a movie where I would love your to see your face while watching it. Okay. But at the same time, I'm I'm not gonna even ask you to do it. I don't I'm not gonna ask you to review <laughs> it. I know the I know what will uh, um conspire with that conversation. Okay. You will hate this movie. Okay. I'm not telling you to watch this movie. Okay. This is um called Flux Gourmet. <laughs> And this is by the director who did In Fabric. I already watched it. Did you? I 100% did. This is, I, I'm correct, this is the Food Sound Band. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, <laughs> you don't have to warn me away from it, Clint. Oh, you're, man. You're, you're too late. I just thought the trailer would warn you away from it and that it was made by the director who did In Fabric. So sometimes I see a trailer and I'm like, this is a Clint movie, and maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll understand it. Yeah. And I did. I I was bored, and and I was laid up with my back, and so I was just like, I was just burning through different movies. Uh-huh. And so it's on my list to, to tell you about. Uh, but yeah, you're right, totally. I This is a garbage movie. Tell me how much you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a garbage it's a movie. Garbage no, it's movie. not. Gray Man's a garbage movie, and I didn't even see it. <laughs> I I enjoyed this movie. I want to yeah. watch it again, um, just for the sheer fact that like I feel like I was just taking it in the entire entire time. Yeah. I lo- I really love the juxtaposition of there's this very um, highbrow in this world, highbrow art collective <laughs> um, musicians, and there's a man documenting this by interviewing them. Who the entire time he's just trying to hold in his farts in this in this like highbrow company, and this whole plot of the movie. And I and I was it's really enjoying so much it. more entertaining listening to you recap it <laughs> than to watch this movie. I, I don't know. I liked it. I, I Well, I come from, like, I like avant-garde, I know. like, I know. movies and music I and the experimental, and I, I'm snotty in that way. Within 10 minutes, I knew that this is a movie, not that you would love. I I, I think you— I was just super just fascinated. Like the experience. Yeah, and I was fascinated by it, and, like, just the subject, subject matter alone is so strange yeah. to make a movie about— that it got me there, yeah. and um, and I like that it, it's poking fun at that whole world. It's not like taking it seriously and saying that, like, look at us how fancy and <laughs> artsy we are. It's like it's taking the wind out of it, and uh, I, I enjoyed it for that. And I I like the performances. I thought it it gets really weird at when it needs to get weird, and it gives moments to the characters to um, kind of express what they're going through and their kind of their inner relationships and and their and I I don't know I think it was well constructed and it's it's a very strange movie and I don't think I would recommend it to anyone in my world because <laughs> it's it's a little f- too far out but uh um I, I enjoyed it and and it's it is one of those it's it's very well made uh you know I 
I said garbage movie playfully. <laughs> it's it's really not a garbage movie. It is a a well-made movie, and it accomplishes exactly what it sets out to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, going back to Triple R, same thing. It accomplishes exactly what it sets out to do, and it does it really well. Mm-hmm. And so just because it doesn't work for me doesn't actually make it a garbage movie <laughs> anywhere other than my movie room where I just watched that, and I was like, oh, man, this is – this is not my speed. Yeah, you see, so this is not a Ken movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I watched, uh, right after that movie, I watched She Will, which is uh, from executive producer Dario Argento. Yeah. And it's a different director, but this is this is such a movie that feels like a Dario Argento movie. Um, and I've, I have such a strange relationship with his films, hmm. uh, even as many times as I've I've tried to go back and watch the original Suspira, I I always feel a lot like I do when I try to go back and watch the original Blade Runner. I recognize why it's iconic and influential. It just uh, I, I it's it's speaking a, a completely different language, pardon the pun, uh, than than what I respond to or what I understand. And yeah. and she will. It just feels like a modernized version of a lot of his kind of witchy obsession movies. And it, 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 some of it worked for me. Some of the visuals were really compelling. And I, I loved some of the the, the witch uh, kind of things. But it just, I don't know what it is about Italian horror films. And this, I don't know this is distinctly Italian, but it's certainly inspired. And it, it just feels... It feels like it's really trying to be dreamlike without effectively nailing that feeling of being in a dream. Mm. It it doesn't – the characters are clearly off balance by the things that are happening, but it didn't make me feel off balance. Hmm. And a lot of times, even you mentioned um, in Fabric, yeah, I, I had the same feeling where I wanted to feel kind of off balance from what was happening, but – I didn't. I I was just watching characters be off balance. Uh, And so kind of same feeling with She Will. Didn't work for me. I'm sure it'll work for some people, but still just not a fan of that. I don't know. Call it the Argento genre Hmm. of of flicks. Okay. I... I mean, I had just watched Suspiria when... I think it was around the time when we did our Halloween last Mm -hmm. year. And that was the first time I'd ever actually seen it. And I... I really enjoyed it. Um, I was surprised by it, especially after I had seen the remake mm-hmm. from a couple years ago and surprised how much I, I think I enjoyed the original yeah. better than that. And, and I do think the original is better than the remake. And I that's another one. I just, I recognize I'm watching a good film. It just, for some reason, my brain isn't responding the way it's, it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else? Well, I'm just going to mention something which... Um, We'll we'll talk about this in more detail because you have not seen this yet. But I went on Friday with my wife and brother and um, his girlfriend, and we went and saw Nope that just came out this past week. Um, That is Jordan Peele's new film. Um, And I'm really excited to have you see it and we can talk about it. And I think we're, I don't know, I'm really interested to see where that conversation goes. I'm just going to give you my quick opinion of it okay I, this is my favorite of his films oh wow yeah more than get out well that's not my i everyone loves get out i love get out yeah i like Get out okay i i was never like in the love for that movie yeah. like I, okay. I it was one of those where i can appreciate it and i see the um 
the quality of it mm -hmm. and the filmmaking skill. But it's one of those where uh, it just... And I do really like it, but I would never say I love it. It just doesn't hit me in that in that way. He's such an interesting director to me because you can really feel him, even from Get Out to um, oh, what's his next one, Us. Us. You can really feel him grow, yeah. and at the same time, he's completely on board to just take risks and do strange things and to go against the grain. And it just, I I don't know if everything in his films always works for me, but I'm. Uh, you know, I mean, two movies in, I'm always completely just connected and engaged yeah. by whatever's happening on screen. So I'm I'm really excited to see it. Um, and we haven't, It's it's been a minute since we've done a kind of bonus episode dedicated to to a movie. So maybe, yeah, uh, maybe. maybe after we watch it, we'll, we'll see what your opinion is. Come back and I'll keep my mouth shut till we record. <laughs> Uh, but no, I've I've been really excited to see it. It was one of those things where I would have seen it opening weekend. Uh, but uh, pardon the really cheesy joke, but my back was just like, no, nope, you're nope. not going. I'm like, oh man, okay, <laughs> whatever you say, back. Yeah, and I and I I um I do like it out. I'm not saying I don't love it. It's just one of those. I'm not. I'm not glaring at you. It's okay. I, it's one of those where I want to love it more than I do because I, I recognize everyone's enthusiasm for yeah. it, and there's nothing I don't like about it. It's just that uh, it doesn't stick with me as much as I wish it would. Um, and then, like us, there's things where I I really like about that movie, mm -hmm. and things where there's just aspects of it that fall apart for mm -hmm. me. I'm the same on yeah. that one. And this one just didn't have any of those things for me. Cool. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. The only other thing I wanted to mention was just, man, TV's been clicking right along. Have you watched uh, the first two episodes back of Better Call Saul? No, I have not. I didn't even realize it was back. <laughs> man. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like they suddenly remembered they were making a show. Uh, because it's it's not that anything before this was bad, but man, these two episodes uh, almost feel like a, a contained two hour film, hmm. uh, almost like a you know an El Camino kind of feel yeah. where uh, just so much happens and they they really dig in so much. I just completely on board with the show, and I have been, but these two episodes coming back, I think there are four left. Uh, these two have been crazy. Then I finished Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds is a blast. I love it. I, um, I watched all of that too. Yeah. And, um, and not to interrupt you, I'm no, sorry, no, but this do. was on your recommendation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it by the end. Awesome. I think it it took me like five episodes mm -hmm. till I was really clicking in. And there's a point where a character dies. And then I realized... Oh, I've really cared about this show. Yep. <laughs> and then after that, I was super on board. Yeah. And so I want to go back and rewatch those first five, like knowing how I feel about it now. For as much fun as it is, I, I feel like it really builds stakes yeah. uh, from episode to episode, even if it's just following the characters. And then when it's silly, I just, I'm sitting there giggling like a kid. The episode where they're all under the influence of an entity and they're in this weird medieval world where they're all playing <laughs> characters from a children's book. I thought that was where this it was gonna lose me yeah yeah but it then captain pike's performance <laughs> yep. i was so in love with his performance during yep. it that i was yep. like okay i'm in yeah i'm yeah. in it just uh casting a mulligan's character yeah. and, and or playing with some of their extremes yeah 
And you could tell they were having so much fun. And it was genuinely Mm well-written. It should not have worked. Yeah. And would not have worked if not for the handful of characters that were not influenced by the entity. exactly. And so there are people saying out loud, this is crazy Mm -hmm. and what's happening. Um, But just just watching the different characters that you've spent, I think at that point, eight episodes taking seriously, Mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, go full Comic-Con cosplay. (laughs) Was adorable. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been having fun with that. And then right before we recorded, you and I talked about the latest season of Westworld. Mm-hmm. And just to sum up, you know, I I, I continue to recommend this show. But really, the last two episodes, this season was kind of leaving me cold. Me and too. I didn't understand why it was back. Yep. And then last episode, I was like, ooh, oh, hmm, yeah, yeah, okay, this is interesting. And then last night's episode, I mean, they really go for it. Huh. And they they take that twist and and run with it to uh, some really high level hard sci fi mm-hmm. uh, kind of things that uh, you know I'm just sitting there and I'm like I've I haven't seen this before. This huh. is, um, you know, it 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 gave me feeling similar to the original Matrix when I first watched it. That feeling oh, okay. of just trying to figure out okay whoa, what are the rules of this world and what's real and what's not real? And and it kind of reinvigorated that first season Westworld feeling. That's cool. Uh, that I would have. So I'm I'm curious once you watch this this last yeah, episode, I'm one what do you think? So. Um, what, just one thing that clicked in my mind that, because we haven't talked in a little while, um, and I've totally forgot it kind of had come back and the season had ended, but Stranger Things... Oh yeah, the, the last, the last the, two. The two movie level episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Honestly, I think it was one of the best examples of doing that. Um, Return of the Jedi is that what I'm thinking of? Where everything is happening separately, different but com- groups, different all groups, coming together. but coming together, yep. and it like has this big effect towards at the end where everything's happening. I think this is one of the best examples of that done yep. correctly and done well, and such an organic like build from the beginning of the season to that. And I really loved how they tied kind of all of the seasons together narratively, yep. and I wasn't expecting that to happen. Yep. I, I was expect like, I mean. I don't know. I was just really surprised by it. And I, I was really invested in all the characters' storylines. And I thought it was extremely well done. And I'm actually really excited for the the final season yeah. now. I was really taken by how much I, I really started to become aware of how good each of these young actors are. I know. How good how they've gotten. how far yeah. they've they've come along mm-hmm. over these years. Um, there's, there's some incredible— I feel like teenage acting in will this, like in this that series. his performance. Oh my goodness! When yeah, he's like kind of car, car and, cr- and man, sh- that was like so heart wrenching. Yep. And like man, I was like man, he should have won an award just for this yep. moment. So well played. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I thought it was extremely yeah. well done. And I didn't. I just. I've always liked Stranger Things, but I never thought I would get to like where I'm really looking forward to it yeah. and really invested in it. Um, I I think this past season was so well done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. I'm, I I went into season four just like oh, okay, new new season of Stranger Things. Yeah. I'll watch this. Mm-hmm. By the end of all this, I am really really on board and cannot wait. Yeah. Uh, for season five and how they're going to wrap it up, I'm. I'm I th- in. I think like it was Vecna. Like yeah. I feel like that's one. He's like 
a really great modern horror villain yeah. that yeah. like um I wasn't expecting that to come out of it. It's really cool. And really has stated purpose and yeah. drive and goals. Mm-hmm. And I understand what he's trying to accomplish. Yep. And he has character in that. And uh, there's there's so much there where he's not just a, a supernatural baddie right. or somebody that wants to destroy the world. Mm-hmm. There's there's so much more to it. Um, yeah, he's I, kind of really baked in because that. he's kind of one of them, but yeah. just from a different um, – he's he's 11, yeah. and just uh, with a different world experience that's yeah. ended up in this place. And yeah, It also occurred to me that by when they first start experimenting on him, he's a child, and so he hasn't been able to grow up. And like 11 – who's still childlike, mm-hmm. that's that's really what's going on with him. He's never been able to be an adult. And so he has these child impulses and these child bursts of anger. And, and the way he looks at the world is very uh, kind of two-dimensional childlike. Mm-hmm. And, and that was fascinating to me too, because clearly, you know, he's got other things going on, but just that that simplicity of will that he has, right? That he looks at everything, and I'm I'm really excited to see what they do with him in season five, right? I think that that they'll make him really more dangerous and and uh, probably connect him to some of the stuff happening with Will because they still keep teasing, yeah, yeah, that idea that Will is is connected, right? Somehow to to all of this mm-hmm. uh, at a at an instinctual level, mm-hmm. and so I, I feel like they're really laying the groundwork there. Curious what they do, and I'm uh, sorry for the spoilers. If you haven't watched this already, I don't even know how you go online without getting it spoiled. <laughs> but man, I love any time a movie or a show is about you know the end of the world or a town being destroyed or whatever, and they do it. I know, <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Because it's you get so used to the movie countdown where it's ah the bomb gets cut at the last second, the town is saved. The this still has that happy ending and things are good, but then there's all this really dark, serious, and devastating level of of events that happen that, that mm-hmm. really feels ballsy. Well, I and, think it was the uh, characters too. You like they've built up really well that yeah. like characters can die yep. and. Um, that I feel is so worthwhile in a show that yep. you that get, you have more of an attachment to the characters because there's there's loss that could happen yep. and uh, that's such a useful tool and and narratively is so important I think that there have to be stakes. It's I, even more important with a show like Strange New Worlds where you know oh, okay now we're meeting we've got Spock Spock can't die yeah. oh we're going to start assembling the old Enterprise crew like mm-hmm. Uhura is not going to die and so having characters that you care about. That you know there's a lot of them and they're not in original lore. What happens to these people? Right. And it it adds that level of, man, there's there is actual danger here. It's mm-hmm. not just let's run around and have adventures. Mm-hmm. There's there's real stakes. Uh, always a fan of that. So today we are talking about three flicks. Uh, we are talking about Thor Love and Thunder, which just came out in theaters. We're talking about Watcher. Uh, which is a new horror movie on Shudder, I believe. Is that uh, Shudder or is it just on Amazon? It's on Amazon, but it's like their production company. Okay. And then we're talking about a 2020 sci-fi comedy that was our Cinetron pick, Save Yourselves. But let's start with Thor, Love, and Thunder. Clint and I went to see this at the theater together. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I had my kid with me. I had my wife. You remembered I was um, there. I remembered you were there. Yeah. I'm I'm really working on that. <laughs> uh, here's here's the official description. Thor embarks on a journey unlike anything he's ever faced, a quest for inner peace. However, his retirement gets interrupted by Gore the God Butcher, a galactic killer who seeks the extinction of the gods. Uh, to combat the threat, Thor enlists the help of all of his friends, and they go on a rousing adventure to save uh, the gods. Clint, uh, I, I already fear I know what you're going to say, uh, <laughs> so I'm not just going to let you say it at first. Okay. I'm going to tell you that I absolutely had a blast with this movie, uh-huh. and I know that it's gotten a lot of divisive love-hate online, which I was surprised. I thought more people would like it than they did, uh-huh. uh, but man, people really have a bone to pick with this movie, and I, I at the end of the movie, I looked over at you, and I had wide eyes and a dopey <laughs> grin, and I'm like, Clint loves Taika Waititi, and this is the kind of Marvel movie he loves, and I saw nothing in your eyes, Clint. <laughs> And suddenly I realized, oh no, oh no, I, I, I don't, I don't think Clint liked this movie. Clint, <laughs> what did you think of Thor: Love and Thunder? You were wrong, man. I, I did not not like this movie. Okay. It's just that I was just kind of indifferent to it. I, a lot I was... of indifference in your life, Clint. <laughs> we need to work on that. No, I was just like okay <laughs> with it. Okay, I there was just I. Here, this is what I keep running in my head, and because I, I was almost gonna just like let you gush about it, and I wasn't <laughs> gonna talk about it because I don't really have a good reason why I don't like it. Okay, my only thing that keeps popping into my head is that you know that thing where a kid is like either is like keeps telling the same joke because they got a laugh, mm-hmm. and then. They keep doing it over and over, and you're mm-hmm. like, and then you're trying to explain to them, like, well, you got to come up with a new one because it's not funny every time. It's only funny once. It's is only what funny we used to once. tell Levi. Yeah. And that's what I felt like with this movie. Okay. It was like a needy kid. Huh. It felt like it's like, like, like me. Like, I'm going to give you everything <laughs> at once and like me. It was yeah. a little too like Looney Tunes for me. Okay. And that's what it was like. It just went too far every time. And I feel like with the first one, maybe it was the studio system, which I'm usually like of Marvel, which I'm usually like, let's get out of this a little bit. Um, that was restraining Taika a little bit. Um and this one, they were like, with the success of that and all his other work, that they just kind of let him do what he went, kind of like uh, James Gunn style, or let him do whatever he wanted. And I just wish that it was restrained a little bit. Like, I, I feel like it was, it wanted me to like it too much. Let me read you this email we got. Okay. Uh, because this is, this is exactly what I want to talk about. Uh, this is from <clears throat> a girl named Emily. Uh, Hi, guys. Love the show. Uh, love listening to you banter back and forth. I had a question. Have you seen the new Thor movie? I'm curious because when I was watching it, it occurred to me that with Thor and with these other movies, we've been complaining for so long that Marvel isn't giving directors free reign. Suddenly, they are. And the consequence of that in Doctor Strange 2 and Thor Love and Thunder is it's very divisive and people don't always enjoy it. What do you guys think about this? Is this the consequence of uh, is this the consequence of Kevin Feige uh, allowing directors too much power? Should he put the reins back on? And uh, just as you were talking, I'm like, oh, my gosh, we have an email about that. 
Um, yeah, I, uh, Emily, I, I totally think uh, that that's what's happening right now. I think that's what happened with uh, Multiverse of Madness. It's, it's interesting because everybody since kind of the Edgar Wright Ant-Man thing yeah. had brought up the point of Marvel's too controlling. All of a sudden, it seems like in phase four, they're allowing their filmmakers to have fun and subsequently – these are all divisive movies, Shang-Chi, uh, Doctor Strange 2, now Thor, Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you, do you think that's what's going on or do you think that it's more the studio is having trouble rebooting after Endgame? Um, I mean, I definitely think they're having trouble rebooting because I feel like just this whole phase has been kind of floundering around. Like, I don't, I can't get a grasp of what they are trying to do. I mean, I felt like before, it, it, at the beginning of it, it was very clearly driving towards the multiverse situation. Yeah. And now I feel like that's just kind of around the edges. It's not really like a direct main a goal that they're going towards. Like, maybe by the end of it, it will be. But like, um, and this one, I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like this one was just wanting me to like it. And I, and, uh, and I was having a hard time with it. And there was, there were some moments of it that I, 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 like I was really enjoying, but then there were moments where I'm like kind of checking in with myself. But you haven't felt that about other Taika Waititi things. You didn't feel that way about Jojo Rabbit or, um, the pirate series, did you? Or, or no. are you feeling that way with him in general? No, no, I don't. Okay. This was the first time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I actually have loved everything he's done. I, I enjoy the sense of humor, but it was just like the sense of humor on top of the Looney Tunes action of Thor, like th- that was outside of character for Thor. Gotcha. Like some of that early the early battle scene, like mm-hmm. where he's doing a split against two vehicles. <laughs> like it was just too like it was just so kooky and almost to like a kung fu hustle level where it's got that that um very unbelievable um aspect to it where it just takes me out of it and like even to like though when they're off trying to get uh, gore the god butcher and they land on the shadow planet thing and the shadow planet is the much smaller than you're expecting. Mm-hmm. And just some of the effects that they're using is it's just like I don't get a grasp of what is actually it felt cartoony and so far outside of the Marvel world that it just didn't um I don't know. It didn't mesh for me. I went back and watched Ragnarok, and Ragnarok is a better movie yeah. uh, to me, kind of hands down. But Ragnarok feels like it has stakes, uh-huh. and I realized Love and Thunder, uh, and I love this movie. I had a blast. I needed just fun. Yeah. Uh, but it it doesn't have those stakes. It doesn't even pause for those stakes. It talks about them. Yeah. It talks a lot about Gore the God Butcher and how he's killing all these gods, but we don't get to see it. If there would have been 10 minutes of extra kind of interspersed gore just creepily hunting down and executing gods, I think that would have helped right off the bat. Yeah, he didn't feel um, like a real threat. No. he. Everybody acts like he is yeah. and talks like he is. And I get the buildup to, oh, I'm going to do this thing and wish away all gods. But I didn't get to see him get to that point. Uh, I wish there were these other moments where give me a montage of him slaughtering gods and then finding out that 
piece of information mm-hmm. and realizing, oh, I've been going about this one by one, but there's something much more serious here. Or if while Thor was in Olympus or or whatever they called it, if Gore shows up and just starts slaughtering uh, people in mass, picking them off at the edges one by one, the different gods. Yeah, that would have been um, fun. Even, even that sort of thing. I, I think that would have added more stakes and more darkness and helped to alleviate some of the more uh, comic beats. I think Um, another thing is that I wasn't super invested in the love story between mm -hmm. him and Natalie Portman's uh, character um, because, yeah, they were together in those first couple films, Mm -hmm. but it just kind of like she disappears because, okay, they don't want her in the, she doesn't want to be a part of it anymore whatever. I don't know what what the, the actual, how that played out. But then they try to like make it, in this through a bunch of montage and backstory that she actually was a bigger part of his life than we knew. But it's like, well, I mean, okay, we didn't, we didn't know, see that. We didn't yeah. see that. So now you're just making up for it right now. And it doesn't matter how good your montages are. It's it's not expressing like actually spending that time with them in in maybe another movie or whatever it's just it's just like oh yeah did you know you you didn't know they were great of great love story and and there are ways to make that jump i think from guardians one to guardians two they make that jump but they do it in a very new hope to empire way Uh where in the first few minutes you see how they're working as a team you hear what they're talking about what they're referencing and you immediately start to get the sense of okay time has passed since the last movie, and they've spent this time adventuring. Mm -hmm. They keep referencing different adventures and things like that. And and that was the problem because in Love and Thunder, Natalie Portman shows up. He's shocked. But it's it's not like she shows up in this movie and dies in the next movie. Yeah. And you get that sense of, okay, now they've had rekindled love and all of these things in between those two movies. Mm -hmm. It tries to pack it all in. And then especially when you're dealing with a short movie – because it was it was under two hours, I think. Yeah, there's not a lot of time to accomplish those level of dramatic character mm-hmm. arcs. If she had come back in Ragnarok, for instance, and then you got the sense they've been palling around since, or had a, you know romance since, right? It would have worked a lot better. Mm-hmm. Him suddenly finding out she has cancer and things like that. I mean, I definitely like the idea of a um one of these marvel movies being kind of a romantic comedy mm-hmm. centered thing um and i think it would have been stronger if it was even more centered on that and maybe yeah. even if you take a risk and not even have god, uh, gore the god butcher in there and they're just dealing with the dynamic of she's now thor um has all the powers and mm-hmm. but she's doing it for this reason of trying to like beat her cancer. Yeah. Like that's an interesting story, but like it's just another thing on top of another thing um, that I I was having a hard time devoting any amount of um, brain power to. Yeah. I don't know. I think it worked so well for me because I watch these movies on repeat. Okay. I love these Marvel movies so much. I even watched The Eternals the other day again for like the <laughs> sixth time. Um, I just, I even, even the ones that people don't really enjoy, I just, I don't know what it is. I I love these movies. They make me uh, Kevin Smith. I think words it perfectly. He says these movies make me feel like a kid again. Okay, and that's exactly what these movies always do. They put me right back when I was sixteen and spending way too much money at the comic shop and going home and just pouring over 
art and and issues and writing. And sometimes it was good and sometimes it was bad, but it created this experience. You said that um, on our, on the way out of the theater yeah. too. That it, and I don't have that. Ex- never had that experience. I wasn't in the comics growing up, so it's just like. I'm taking these movies as face value, yep. so I'm not I'm not getting all the references. Like you, you noticed a ton of references and stuff. I think, and it's not just Easter egg references. It I I had told you after the movie, it actually brings more drama to it because the movie can spend an inadequate amount of time on her cancer, or what's happening emotionally, but I don't notice that because I have so much of that comic memory and knowledge that that drama is already there. So I'm I'm ready to cry at the drop of a hat when she's talking about cancer and all this because I have issues of of story and and comic history that's already there, kind of pressing at the surface. And so then to see it realized visually, it just very quickly and easily can tap into nostalgia or emotion or, or things like that. Yeah, I can understand that. But at the same time, it's it's now geared towards a different yeah. market and, uh, and group of people because it's this mass um, communication of, yeah. I, you know what I mean? And it's just hard that we don't have that experience to, yeah. to take in, to have had. Did um, you see the Wakanda Forever trailer they released? No, I have not. It's uh, maybe it's just me. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. It's people, there's reaction videos all over YouTube of people halfway through this trailer just bursting into tears. And I seriously cried. Hmm. Uh, and it was it was not the comic reference uh, kind of feeling. It was how this trailer already is establishing how they're going to deal with Chadwick Boseman's death. Hmm. And they're just, Black Panther has died. And there's so much raw emotion and beauty in the cinematography in this trailer. Mm-hmm. I'm a little worried because I feel a lot like, do you remember that first Man of Steel, like that three-minute trailer that just, like the music and the visuals, yeah. it's like, <laughs> this is going to be the greatest comic uh-huh. book movie ever. And it was pretty meh. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm worried because this trailer is, is genuinely so good mm-hmm. and I'm so interested in this flick that I'm worried It'll be a very marvelly movie with five or ten minutes of, man, don't we miss this guy? Yeah. Isn't that hard? And that's going to be a tough balance to to strike. Uh, but watch that trailer because it's um, even if the movie doesn't pan out, this goes on that list of of things where, man, what a good trailer mm-hmm. uh, and the music to it. Um, oh, it just it got me right in the feels. I think going back to my. You asked about Taika, and I, I like his other stuff. And if I had the same problem, is like, and I think it's that so much of that is his sense of humor done in this very kind of like a verbal way. It's like his personality, but like having it also visualized to is is so much that I it's not maybe the visualization of it is not what works for me because like what we do in the shadows has it's like, especially like the, the series, even though, I mean, he's, I guess he's just producing it at this point. Um, but it gets silly and cartoony and, um, but for some reason in the darkness of that show, it it's a nice little kind of breather and I don't know, it works, but this, it was, it was just so much. And and that's that's the thing. Even just looking at it critically, that's that's what I would walk away 
100% admitting is this is not a balanced movie. Yeah, yeah. It is silly and fun, and that's about it. There, mm-hmm. there are some genuine dramatic moments with gore. I think Christian Bale does a really good job, but I almost feel like he's underused. I would tell um, you that opening with him and his daughter, yeah. I was like, I'm going to love this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love that opening for it. Yeah. And then it it completely deviates from that, but, yeah. but it comes back towards the end. Um, I was, and I was even okay with it when he kind of goes into that garden of the gods. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's a little silly in there already. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It, it To that point, it was still working for me. He was serious, though. He's yeah, got yeah. crazy things happening. Exactly. But he is yeah. the the contrast to that. And I was really surprised. I, I do think they really missed an opportunity. He's lost his daughter. But then later, the way that he lures Thor and the gang— into danger is by kidnapping kids. And there was a real opportunity there, I think, for him to... Now, he would have had to show a lot more violence before that, more of those God-killing scenes. Uh But there was a real opportunity there for him to almost connect to one of the kids, not in a cheesy way, but just in a, there is still vulnerability here. So that midway through the movie, that vulnerability is at least present enough that later on... When he makes his choice, it's it's not as stark, which is, you know, straight out of the Return of the Jedi playbook. You've got to set up some emotional connection between Vader and Luke early on. That's what that whole scene before Vader takes him to the Emperor is about. It's about establishing that I'm I, there's something in me struggling with this. I mean, it could almost have worked just better, like— if he had not just kidnapped kids, but like a group of people from— um, yeah from, is it Asgard 2 or whatever on Earth? Yep. And there was a kid among them, and he had a connection to this kid because he's, like, seeing his daughter and this kid and it's yeah. kind of reconnecting himself with this part of himself that's kind of suppressed. Um, I mean, that could have worked better. Yeah. I, um, And I, I'm trying to... I, I haven't seen Ragnarok in a while, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to think back. Like, I feel like Thor was a little straighter in that one. He was. Actually, some of the silly moments are when they go over to Hela and her taking over of Asgard. Um, There's comedy in him and the Hulk connecting, but the real drive there is is more serious, and it's more— Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, I I definitely noticed that. Thor is is definitely kind of dopier and sillier in Love and Thunder. I know. In Ragnarok, he still feels intelligent. He just feels kind of out of touch, or he doesn't get the joke. Exactly. And that's um, what I always felt like he was he was serious at his center and was taking this all serious. And then there was in the but the stakes around him and the, there was silly yeah. and he just didn't see it. Yeah. It's um, like he didn't get it. Yeah, he didn't yeah. get it. And that was he was the joke of it. Yeah. And I feel like that works so much better as he was the straight man. Yeah. But in this, he's not the straight man anymore. He's just equally as part um silly and yeah, uh, it's and it becomes too much. Like I'm saying, for me anyway, it's it's almost like Valkyrie and and Natalie Portman's character are the straight ones. Oh right, and, and yeah, he's yeah. He's the the comic foil to uh-huh. them, but it's his movie. Yeah, um, and so it, yeah, I I totally agree with you. I just loved it. Uh, <laughs> I know the, the best I, encapsulation I think of our theatrical experience was every time these two <laughs> screaming goats would scream. I like. I that. would laugh. I oh, you did? It. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not saying I didn't like this movie and there okay. weren't things that yeah. worked for me. And like I was – and like I said, I was ac- I was actively checking in with myself to yeah. see how I felt about it because <laughs> there would be moments where I – like with the goats or yeah. even a lot of things with Thor that I was really enjoying. 
And then there'd be just things that would take me out of it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I'm actually liking this that much. Part of me wonders how much of it is, because the framework of it is Korg telling the story. Right. And I wonder how much of it was lost in translation. I wonder if he, if Watiti was trying to do a thing where this is the myth version. This is the version Korg would tell. Okay. And it's yeah. sillier and funnier and dopier. Uh-huh. That definitely doesn't come across. That's not stated. Uh-huh. But I, I wonder if if that was kind of the intent and that's why it's allowed to go so much more comic. I think if they would have pressed on that just with one little sentence or two, that even if there are unreliable narrator moments where you hear Korg say something and what's happening on the screen is different, uh, you would have gotten the sense that, okay, I am watching an exaggerated kind of fairy tale of Yeah, like of Princess Bride style. Yep, exactly. Like, like you can hear, you can feel the narrator pushing things in a more yeah. ridiculous direction than you, yeah, that would, if I had got a feel for that and they had pushed that farther, that might have helped me for yeah. sure. And one line, like at the beginning where, you know, if Korg's talking about how expertly he's dispatching uh, the aliens on the bikes and everything. If he has this moment and then you hear banter and then Korg, uh, you know, redoes it. And now you see Thor jump up and put his legs in between the two bikes instantly. Yeah, yeah. It would be okay. Right. That's not what happened. Yeah. This is Korg embellishing everything. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would have helped. In doing that thing where you can, you can kind of hear his voice over top of yeah. of Thor's voice. Like you can, yeah, yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff would have been fun. Yeah. So shifting gears entirely, <laughs> uh, let's talk about Watcher. Okay. Uh, Watcher uh, is about a young woman who moves to a different country in a different city and starts to learn that this is there's a serial killer stalking uh, young women. And she just moved into town with her boyfriend, and she notices this man across the street in a building watching her uh, from his apartment and just looking into her apartment. And what follows is kind of a tense, paranoid thriller. Clint, what did you think of Watcher? Um, well, I've been a big fan of—is uh, it Micah? I, I think My- it's Micah. Micah um, yeah. Monroe, like from uh, It Follows and— Guest. Uh, guest. Yeah. And um, there's a couple other things I, I've really appreciated her in. I, and I, I think she's a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually, I feel like we talked about this a bit. I'm, I'm surprised she isn't a bigger yes. actor. Like, I feel like, man, she's she would just blow up yeah. and um, uh, have a really, I mean, she probably still will. Yeah. I, I, I don't doubt that. She's still very young. But yeah. at the same time, I would have thought after It Follows and Guest that we'd be seeing her much more in A-list horror projects. Uh, and maybe she just doesn't want that. I, I appreciate that this is more I mean, she does independent. pick kind of similar, not similar roles, but like level of like yeah. these cool indie films that yeah. like um, have a very strong voice behind them. Uh, yeah. She was in that Villains movie we talked about. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she was great in that. She's always impressive and, and very, uh, your attention goes to her just because she's doing things that, that aren't, uh, you know, just at a script level. There, there feels like there's real depth to her performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I actually really like this movie. Um, I thought it was extremely well done. It, it reminded me of like a modern Rear Window, mm-hmm. or um, you said in Rosemary's Baby, kind yeah. of had that feel to it. And nothing supernatural is happening, but it has that, you know, Mia Farrow in the apartment, just being alone and 
the paranoia ratcheting up. Uh-huh. Is this person actually experiencing something extraordinary or are they just paranoid? And, you know, same thing Alfred Hitchcock does with Rear Window. Yeah. And I think it does such a good job of, of kind of like having me off balance in that at one second, I'm believing that she's experiencing this thing that she says she's experiencing. And then the next scene, I'm kind of with the husband boyfriend where like, maybe this is just more in her head and she's yeah. um, just the the time that she has on her hands stuck at this apartment that she's seeing things that she um, is not really seeing. And, and I was honestly like off kilter the entire time yeah. and not knowing until the very end. And even the very end, I am still off kilter yeah. and thinking maybe she is, I don't know, making this up in her head or uh, um, spoiler that she's dead. Yeah. She's dead, and like then I'm like, man, this movie really— That wasn't an actual spoiler. You're not saying what happens in the movie. No, but, I mean, there's yeah. a big scene at the end where it, it's— um, Is she dead? Is, is, she, is she dead? dead? Is she not? Dead? Yeah. And I honestly, like, believe she was dead for quite a bit until— uh, this, this movie pulls a magic trick because at any point it could have ended in one of six or seven different ways— yeah. And I would have been absolutely fine with any one of those mm-hmm. endings. I had no expectations um, for the end no, of it. Like I was no. just totally on board with the actors. Yeah. And um, she could have been completely paranoid. Yeah. She could have been completely right. She could have been. Uh, I, I was. I was ready for it. And mm-hmm. I was fine with it because either way, you know, and that's really what it comes down to: is is she being paranoid or is this real? Honestly, either way, it would have gone. It would have still been an effective movie for that ending. Mm-hmm. And I think it really did a great job of kind of commenting on this, um, you know, like the, the Me Too movement and all that, yeah. like just believing women and um, and believing their experiences. And I thought it was a really interesting commentary on just on everything that's going on in society around that. It was It was fascinating to me. Her boyfriend was so believably dismissive. Yeah. Not in an uncaring way, just in a, this this is starting to get old. And nothing's actually coming of any of this. I know you're worried and you're scared, but I care about that. Now I'm starting to get tired of it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tired of feeling embarrassed. I'm tired of feeling like people are looking at you like you're crazy. Uh, and so I, I thought they did, at a script level, a really good job of, of handling that. I think he's probably the weakest link in the in the movie just from a performance aspect oh i thought he was great um, he's uh, I, I think he's good i think <laughs> he does what he needs to do but i didn't get that sense of real why well, i liked it a lot depth. because i i i felt like for the most part throughout the entire film he was actually portraying that he was pretty supportive mm-hmm. and in those scenes where he's slowly like not 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 believing believing her, but like maybe just questioning that the level of of that there's actually yeah. something as dangerous as she's expecting uh, thinking it is. Um, I believe that like he was starting to get doubts in those scenes, and yeah. and um, I don't know. I was along for his performance. Yeah, I didn't yeah and it. It, it's not a bad thing. I it to me it was just next to her and next to Burn Gorman's performance. Uh, he felt a little lightweight. Um, I mean, that also might be to the script, though, because yeah. he is like he's an absent 
boyfriend That's or true. husband. He's he's off working all day long and has to come back yeah. and and hear about this. And um, so that might be part of it. It's just he the, the amount he was given in in the story. I, I you know I haven't said it yet, but I I love this movie. And for me, there are there's a lot of really master level work in this as far as paranoid thrillers go. But there are two scenes that just carved into my brain and I will remember watching the first time when I think of this movie. Mm-hmm. The one was where they're at the office party yeah. and she realizes she is an inside joke uh-huh. at the office. Yeah. Ooh, that was so well written and her performance to realize it, it was so real and so I, we've all been there where well, you realize I mean, that you're the butt of the joke or you're the, that somebody is not taking something seriously that's really important to you. Yeah, and to that level where it's such a betrayal by yeah. your loved one Oof. who is part of the inside joke, yeah. that that was so much, like, it stung so much more because of that. And you could see where it's 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 very innocent at its core, but at the same time, it's very devastating to her, and he knows it. He... Uh, it just that scene mm-hmm. was so well crafted, and then the scene on the subway. Uh, that's where, one of my scenes of the year. Where like, she's on the train, yeah, and she looks down and realizes he's on the train with her. Already a tense scene, but then he comes over and he sits across from her, and for five solid minutes they have a conversation that really started to pull me to feeling bad for this guy. Me too. And and then they play with it, and that scene was. One minute I'm feeling one way, suddenly I'm tensing up and feeling a different way, and she's going through the ringer no matter what and just trying not to make it a thing so she can get off this train. Is this guy dangerous? Is he not dangerous? Now but, me as the viewer, I have no idea anymore. Well, them Oof. playing with on the bag, yeah. and they are doing such a good job of like, is it what you think it is? Yep. Is it in your head the same like kind of the same experience yep. that she's been having this entire film? Are you being shown shown something from her perspective, or are you actually being given what's actually happening there? Right. Um, and it, man, and just to the level of setting the setting of that scene, yeah. where it's on this subway, it's empty. It's empty, but it's also not a subway, like because she's in I don't know, it was like Belarus or something. Yes. Where, where, uh, Belgium, Belarus, Bel- Denmark, one of, somewhere up there. Yeah, uh, not um, entirely. I can't remember. Maybe it's not Belarus, but anyway, um, or Prague. Maybe it was Prague. Yeah, you know, somewhere. The the interesting thing, <laughs> I, not me, to cut you off, you but want to come I, off. I do want to just mention there's no subtitles to the foreign language Yeah, that's bits, great. And it really isolates her. And that's yeah. why it's so hard to remember what country she's in. But right. go on. Anyway, just the setting, because it's, it's not a subway train like we know, like if you see a New York one. Mm-hmm. It's just this giant long corridor and they're somehow connected, but it's all like swaying so and you have this long shot down this entire corridor. It felt like when we were on um, the Queen Mary for our yep. friend's wedding, and you're just looking down this giant expanse. But imagine that expanse is like shifting, yep. and like and there's people like going and, and, and like it's so unnerving. And then on yep. top, of this like this conversation happens with that in the background. It's yep. such a like that's one of my favorite scenes I've seen in a long time. It's so well done. And you know, something could have happened and the movie could have ended right there. That could have been the climactic moment. And it's not, but it just Yeah. Wow, what a scene. 
Uh, and and like I said, just the it's little touches. Uh, <clears throat> I even checked to see if subtitles weren't working uh, oh, yeah. at first, but it then it clicked. Oh, she's in a country she doesn't understand the language. We are being put in that same position where yeah, we yeah. can't understand what's being said around her. And it's going to be that movie. It's going to be the movie where it's going to go to every extreme to make sure you're feeling as disconnected and disjointed from things as she is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're so paired with her that entire movie. Um, It just, it was, it was masterwork in my head. I think the cinematography was really beautiful and like suited the story really well. And I really liked her relationship she forms with the neighbor and how that kind of unfolds is is really like just this little respite that she has of somebody who might believe her and that she can uh, have a friend for uh, the times when she needs Uh, I don't know I thought this was yeah this is definitely on my list for the year of best movies I I I was really surprised by it I always love when I can find one of these little indie films that like not many people are talking about or at least not in, like I haven't seen, um, and uh, it's done this well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, it's definitely uh, going to be on my top ten, uh, just because it's it's already pretty high up my list, and it would take quite a few movies to knock it down to where it slips off. So I'm honestly going to have a hard time this year. It's I'm, we might have to do like a twenty flicks. or something. Yeah, I uh, there's there's different movies where I'm realizing, oof, this is. This is uh, incredible, but it's a documentary. So do I put that on my top 10 list? Do I have a like an other category? Do I? Yeah. I have no idea. Um, we might have categories of top threes or something like that. <laughs> uh, we'll figure it I'm out. I'm going to do a top 15. Yeah. Whatever, I'm in the whatever, same boat, yeah. and it's only July. Yeah. So it's, it's only going to get tougher. Uh, our third and final flick is Save Yourselves with an exclamation point. Uh, it's from 2020, and here's the description. A young Brooklyn couple head to an upstate cabin to unplug from their phones and reconnect with each other. Blissfully unaware of their surroundings, they are left to their own devices as the planet falls under attack. Clint, what did you think of Save Yourselves? Well, this is one that another one of those movies that kind of came out during our downtime in yep. the middle of the pandemic. And um, I, I was actually... Really, I saw the trailer for it, seen the trailer for it, and I was actually really excited to see it because I really enjoy um, uh, Sunita Manny. She was mm-hmm. on Glow, yeah, and um, John Reynolds, who he was on um, this show called Search Party that I, I I really enjoyed. I have you seen Search Party at all? Yes, yep, you I have? watched it. Man, th- that last season of that show is one of the most <laughs> bonker like ways to end a show and I loved it for it. I yeah. love that they just went crazy with that show. Yeah. And I I really enjoy him. So, um I was excited to see it and uh, I had watched it like I said during pandemic and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was just a nice like fun sci-fi movie. Um kind of in that like throwback to like a Ghostbusters or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. So, what do you think? I, I had a good time. Yeah, it, this is this is not one of those movies that I fell in love with or I had strong feelings about. Just the whole time I was watching it, I was delightfully disarmed. Uh-huh. I, I was I was just in for it and and kind of enjoying the the style of humor, mm-hmm. the the light touch of the humor where it wasn't 
like you said with Thor Love and Thunder, it wasn't trying to get me to like it. It was just here's some likable people going through some stuff and realizing they have this dependence on technology and all mm-hmm. these things. And and I just I I was enamored with the characters. And that's really important in kind of a, a lo-fi. Well, that's what it's yeah, mainly that's the comedy. Yeah, that's the main um, thing that's important to this yeah. film. And I think yeah. they do I really enjoyed their relationship. Um, it was sweet and very relatable. Like yeah. it, it reminded me of me and my wife to some degree. <laughs> like it's yeah. like realistically goofy at times. And I loved I liked the uh just the um kind of I don't know the the design of the aliens in this way. Yeah, like it was yeah. just silly and like almost non-threatening in this way, but it's not. It's yeah. it, there's actually stakes to the story. Yeah. And I liked how it played out with um kind of giving like by the end they're confronted by some of their real life biggest fears of actual yeah. um like uh, just having real responsibility by the end and how they handle it. This really felt as if there were very natural and organic character arcs. Yeah. And um, not not intrusive ones or scripty ones, just these already felt like real people to me or at least people I could believe in. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy already those kind of characters and then to watch them grow or learn things, but not in a... Not in a chintzy way, just in a, through the story, you know, events have changed them and they come out different people and, and it feels better. Yeah. Um, and, and that always leaves me just sort of with a smile at the end of a movie like that, mm-hmm. because it's, it's in a weird way, it's, it's kind of hopeful about humanity. I don't want to overstate. This film is not trying to be, you know, some, no, here's. Mankind and their flaws and in their glories and all that. It just those things sort of come through where it's you know here's people that are not extraordinary. They they don't have anything particularly special, and yet there's there's something special about their lives mm-hmm. uh, that they didn't realize and and they come to realize. And I, I just appreciate that kind of thing. Yeah, and I really enjoy that it was these characters who. Have felt they have this dependency on technology, and they set themselves up in this situation where they're uh, they're giving it up for this week, yeah. and realizing what effect that has had on their lives, where like they have no real skills at all, <laughs> and then they're faced with this situation where man, it would be great to have some skills all of a sudden, and yeah. they're still trying to work around it in the way that they know to uh, just stay alive, yeah. and um, somehow they find in themselves that they do have some some yeah. way of uh at least somewhat coping with it and there's w- a nice being rhythm together. yeah there's a nice rhythm of falling short and then realizing that they have what they need to to deal with things yeah yeah and, at least uh, like, maybe together they can do yeah. it if one of them can't like yeah. somehow the the combination they're they're going to make it at least a little while yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I definitely enjoyed it. This is the kind of light fare that, especially after something like Watcher, yeah, uh, was a was a nice palate cleanser because mm-hmm. uh, Watcher's real heavy and real tense, and this is you know just real adorable. Yeah, this is really enjoyable, yeah. and I, I actually I actually thoroughly enjoyed the music for it because mm-hmm. it's kind of got this throwback to classic science fiction. Yeah. 
um, with like use of like the theremin and stuff in, in it, but it's also modernized and really suiting the story. Um, so that's something I was really surprised by. I, and, uh, and it's something where every, like, it's a small story and it's a small sci-fi story, but every aspect of it is done well and it doesn't take you out of it. It's, it's, uh, a finished piece of art. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what Cinetron has for us this week. Uh, it has done us pretty well uh, this year so far. So I'm curious what Cinetron spins up. Let's see. <laughs> let's see. <laughs> it's such a game show host. Well, I've, I, I got a wheel. Right. I have a wheel in front of me. I'm about to spin, <laughs> of course. So Ken, I I think I got a fun one. Uh, okay. In, um, I've been meaning to watch this one. Okay. But uh, Prisoners of Ghostland with Nick Cage. Oh. Have you seen this? <laughs> I paid money to watch this when it first came out. I did. I cannot wait for you to watch this movie. <laughs> I will say no more. Okay. Good or bad. I hope I am not being read as to whether I love it or hate it, but I have a very strong reaction to this movie. Okay. And I am super excited. Awesome. I can't believe we haven't talked about it before. I know. I'm super excited to see. I, I, I don't know that you can watch this film and not love it or hate it. And so yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm curious what the coin flip is going to land for you on that one. <laughs> I've been actually, I've been excited to see this one. It's just, I keep slipping my mind. It is so. absolute bananas. And as usual, movies that are absolute bananas, just they either work or they don't. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. I, I like the swing, even if it's a miss. This this will definitely be much more of a swing than Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It, this, this definitely has a voice and, and a real, like, let's just throw everything at the wall. Let's, mm -hmm. let's see if it sticks. So I... I respect what it does. Okay. That's <laughs> already giving me a little glimpse. No, 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 no. Okay, I, okay. I don't want to. Okay. I'm really trying to to really be flat and mm -hmm. not reference whether I liked it or not because I want you to go in completely blind and okay. And we'll just we'll compare notes. Okay. All right. So, uh, well, can I do one? I want to do one thing before you get us to close out. Okay? Sure, sure. I was going to plug, you know, Instagram and all that. Uh, okay. Well, let me. Oh, let's just do this real quick. Okay. okay. No problem. This, I love so, you, Clint. It's all good. This is there's a show that I've like been pushing on here for like probably since the beginning. Okay, and um, I've talked about it probably in what you watch in a couple times each time a new season comes out. But this is um, Joe Para talks to you talks with you. Okay, and, and I've tried to get you to watch this. Have you ever watched this show? I just always forget about it. Okay. Send it into a text. Just put it in a text, and then I'll leave it unread on my phone until I watch it, and then I'll clear that text. This is one. I've watched through this like 10 times. Like, I love this show. Yeah, yeah. But I want to take just a little moment of silence because it was canceled oh, recently. Oh, sorry. And 
I'm I'm extremely sad because it actually has it's very profound and uh, meaningful show mm-hmm. and it's um, very sweet. It's like mm-hmm. the most wholesome show that's been on television. What's it on? It was on on um, Cartoon or Adult Swim when it was on. But is it now, animated? No. Okay. It, but it's on HBO now because okay. they have all of Adult Swim stuff. Yeah, literally just put the title of it in a text and send it to me and I will watch. I I have nothing to do. I'm laying on a floor recording a podcast. I cannot begin to explain, even laying here, the levels of pain. My only joy right now is just watching things back to back. Okay. Well, I will because just three seasons, they're all okay. like 10 minutes each. You'll blow Perfect. through it. It'll okay. you'll probably restart it cuz it's it's a salve to the soul. Okay. And let's just I need one. Let's just take a moment of silence. That's uncomfortable. Okay. That was good enough. <laughs> um, all so, I heard in my head were screaming goats. <laughs> Sorry. That might be something else. I don't yeah. Know. Well, you know, whatever. Uh, so you can, as always, find us at www.cinebabblecast.com. www.cinebabblecast.com. Did I say it wrong? No, I thought you threw a B in there. Or sure. You know, WWB. <laughs> uh, you can also find us more reliably at Cinebabble on Instagram. That is the easiest place to send me messages. Um, I know, like, uh, Earlier, I said, oh, I got an email from so-and-so. Actually, it wasn't an email. It was Instagram message. It's much easier that way. Uh, but you can contact us wherever. I just I check Instagram more often. Uh, but, yeah, get in touch with us. Send us some questions. I'm, I'm genuinely enjoying just kind of dropping questions mid-episode as mm-hmm. they are relevant. And so I just have this pile of questions and notes that, that I just have organized by category. Also, I wanted to say if anybody has – a movie that you would like us to add to the Cinetron yes. wheel, yep. send it and we'll add it to the wheel. And 100%. Yeah. And sometimes we'll just review it. Yeah, because, we might. Yeah. You know, it's not like every week there's three new releases or, or things like that, that. Yeah, are, but even if it's like something old or anything yeah, you want, yeah. you would like us to possibly get to. For sure. That would be cool. Yeah. No, enjoy hearing from everybody. Uh, you know, keep those messages coming. It's fun. Uh, otherwise, uh, this has been, I guess, episode 58. Yeah. A very floor-bound, surgical, <laughs> medically complicated episode of Cinebabble. We're going to build you back better. Is that what we're going to do? Like Biden. Because even laying here, man, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to hear it later on the recording, but about an hour into this thing, oh, man, my legs started talking to me. Am I going to have to get a big spatula and pick you up with it? I or don't winch? exactly know right now how I'm getting up off this floor. I'll roll but I'm you going out. to. No, I'm... I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I can do this. Okay. Are you going to remember any of this? You're yeah, so no, drunk I'm, out of your head. I'm not I'm not on a lot of of, of medication right now. <laughs> uh that was back after or before my surgery. They put me on Vicodin and Valium at the same time and man, that whole period of time is a haze. There's a tr- cross country trek that we took yep. that you don't remember a I, minute of. I remember like 10%. Yeah. Give me 10%. I I really do remember some of it. I remember sitting in the parking lot of In-N-Out with you and Jenny and Rachel and eating hamburgers and fries. I don't remember the hamburgers. I remember the fries. Mm-hmm. They're weird. And But I don't, I don't remember your wife being on that trip at all. Every time you talk about your wife being on that trip, I'm sorry, Jenny, but it's a complete – like she does not exist in my memories on that trip. Mm-hmm. You exist for about five minutes on that trip. And, like, I don't have visual memories of Rachel. I just know she was there because <laughs> somebody was shoveling medicine to me when I needed it. Mm-hmm. It was bad. It was terrible. 
All right. This has been Cinebabble episode 58. Uh, looking forward to next episode as well. Uh, get in touch with us. Ask us some questions. Otherwise, uh, stay safe, stay happy, and uh, watch those Comic-Con trailers. There's some good stuff in there. I'll take your word for it. There's Wakanda forever, man. <laughs> what a trailer. Bye, Ken. Bye, Clint. <laughs>